what is going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the clips convo show i'm your host joey lynn and as i said last week or last episode we are going to be releasing off-season content on this podcast whenever it feels most relevant and right now is definitely one of those times because we have yet to talk in depth about james harden On this podcast and over the last several weeks and especially the last several days, there have been, I don't know if they're necessarily updates because they're not all that different from what we've already heard, but there have been a lot of new reports on the James Harden to the LA Clippers situation and I wanted to get on here and break all of that down. I actually contributed to that a bit because I put something out as well on this whole situation it wasn't some major breaking news report or something that couldn't even really be deduced by anybody who's paying attention but I did put out a report yesterday that James Harden's desire to be traded to the Clippers was actually increased once Russell Westbrook resigned and the reason why I put that out was because for some reason a lot of people believe that those two don't have a good relationship anymore because of their time in Houston together I'm not exactly sure why that is something that people believe. There might have been some reports that came out about that. But even at the time that those reports were coming out, Russ actually uh, refuted one of them publicly on Instagram. And they were never based in any uh, real fact. So I put that out because a lot of people still feel that those two guys aren't on good terms. But I can confirm that that's not the case. Those two guys are still very close. And uh, I was told that James Harden does indeed want to play with Russell Westbrook again. So I put that out yesterday because there was just a lot of noise about Harden to the Clippers, and I still saw some people saying that. So I felt like it was worth reporting that. That was what I put out. But there's been a lot of other reports as well. Again, so many of them are overlapping, and so many of them are really, um, you know, in in, in one sense, just kind of copies of each other. But those reports are kind of saying two major things. One is that James Harden still wants to be traded. That is unchanged. And two, he still wants to be traded to the Clippers. That is unchanged. Those are the two things we know for certain from pretty much every single report that is out there. And again, you guys don't need me to say this, but I can confirm that as well based upon what I've heard. I've been talking to a lot of people this summer. I don't ever pretend to know more than I do. I'm definitely not a Woj. I'm definitely not a Shams, but I do talk to people who would know certain things like this. And again, you don't need me to confirm it. A lot of people more reputable than myself have said it, but I have heard as well that Harden is pretty determined to get to the Clippers. He wants to be with the Clippers and nobody else as of right now. So because of that, we are also getting some reports that say the Clippers aren't exactly putting their best trade chips on the table. Now, that makes complete sense to me. I don't know why some people are reacting to that as if it means the Clippers don't have real interest in James Harden because I've actually seen some of these reports framed that way, and I don't think that is correct. I certainly don't think that's correct framing just because the Clippers are not offering Terrence Mann and all of their future first-round picks in exchange for James Harden. I certainly do not think it's accurate to say they don't have serious interest. I think that's one of the things that has been Uh, kind of inaccurately portrayed when it comes to this situation because here's my read and it's also it's combined with a little bit of intel but again none of what I'm saying is anything that's all that hard to deduce anyway so I'm not even really sure why it had to come to this but what I am understanding 
is that because the Clippers know that James Harden, one, wants to play for them and them only, and two, is going to be a free agent after next season, so theoretically could walk away from any team he didn't want to be with after just one season, because they understand that, and because they know that other teams understand that, and because of that aren't offering their best trade packages or any trade package at all, they aren't just going to meet all of Philly's demands because they want James Harden. That would be simply bad business. So I don't understand why people are framing that as if the Clippers don't have serious interest just because they're playing this smart. Now, there are some risks to this level of confidence that the Clippers have in this approach that they're taking. How risky are they? Well, we'll get into that, but there are two risks that I see with this approach. The first is that it leaves open the possibility of Philly mending things with James Harden. Now, I think from what we're seeing and some of the comments that have already been made by Daryl Morey, some of the reports that have already been made about Harden and his real desire to get out of there and, and how much he and Morey's relationship is soured, I don't see that as a very likely outcome, but it is something to discuss because as long as the Clippers drag this out, it gives the 76ers more time to potentially mend things with James Harden, which I think we now know is their best chance at really just making the best out of this situation because they don't have a real bidding war going on for James Harden. They don't have any teams offering their desired trade package, which as of right now is being reported to be another star level player. So because they don't have the trade package out there that they would deem optimal, their best case scenario right now would be fixing things with him. And I think we've seen some reports about that, about that being a desire of theirs. Now, again, I don't think that's likely based upon what we know, but the longer the Clippers allow this to drag out and, and, and the longer they allow this to go, it does give the 76ers more time to potentially go that route and for Harden potentially change his mind. Do I think that's going to happen? No, I do not. But is it something to bring up? I think it is. The second risk that the Clippers run by taking this approach, by being so confident that nobody else is going to outbid them and that Harden's not going to go back to Philly and that they are the only team in the race, is the possibility that another team decides, you know what? Maybe James Harden is the answer. Maybe if we brought in James Harden for even one season, it could be what gets us over the hump. And then a different team swoops in and says, hey, We'll beat whatever the Clippers have on the table right now. And Philly says, you know what? You got a deal and sends him elsewhere. Now, I don't think that's very likely either, because as we know, there aren't any teams out there that are aggressively pursuing James Harden. We've only even seen a few teams even linked to him at all. And it was a little bit with the Knicks, right? We saw that a little bit and then a little bit with the Suns before they got Beal. And obviously that's not a conversation anymore now that they have Bradley Beal. So it's really only been the Clippers that have even been rumored to have interest in James Harden. So because of that, I don't think another team swooping in with a better offer is all that strong of a likelihood either. But I did want to bring those two things up because they really are the only two risks that the Clippers run by taking this approach. And I wanted to frame it that way as well because I think it kind of starts illuminating why the Clippers are taking this approach. Because if the only real risks that they run are the very small possibility that Harden changes his mind and says, you know what, let's run it back in Philly, 
or the even, in my opinion, smaller possibility that another team outbids the Clippers for him, then I think they're in a pretty good spot right now to say, you know what? No, we're not going to just give you Terrence Mann. No, we're not just going to give you multiple first-round picks. We're going to give you expiring contracts that might be rotation pieces for you. Maybe we'll give you a Norman Powell, a guy whose contract isn't great but would definitely be a solid bench piece. There's your offer. Take it or leave it. You're either going to have to take it or you're going to have to go into training camp with a disgruntled James Harden and risk wasting a season of Joel Embiid's prime. Those are Philadelphia's options right now. The Clippers understand that, which is why they are taking the approach they are taking. I want to make that very clear because there are people out there, I saw it today, that are literally writing headlines that say the Clippers may not have very much interest in James Harden. Based upon what? Based upon them not just blindly giving Philadelphia Terrence Mann? I don't think that's the case. So that's my read on the situation. And again, it's slightly based upon intel that I have and people that I've talked to have told me things of that nature. But again, I'm not even going to really frame it as some breaking news report because, guys, this is stuff that is very easy to deduce. This is not something that is hard to figure out. So for myself and for a lot of other people who are following this situation closely, I think they're starting to see what's really going on here. This is not a situation where the Clippers don't have that much interest in James Harden to see him as like, ah, you know, if we get him cool type situation. They want him and he wants them, but they are not going to gut their roster and meet Philadelphia's current demands because they understand the position that they're in. So that is what is going on right now. That is my read on the situation. I think it's an accurate read on the situation. And again, as I mentioned earlier on the podcast, I put out that report yesterday about uh, Harden being on board uh, to play with Russ again. What does that fit look like? We don't know yet. I think it's far too early to say what the the starting lineup would look like, what the rotation would look like, you know, what certain roles would look like. Those are the type of, types of things that get ironed out in training camp. Uh, we even saw a situation with Chris Paul the other day, kind of snap at a reporter because uh, she suggested that he was going to be coming off the bench. Even if a certain situation seems like it's the likeliest outcome in terms of roster construction and lineup combinations, we don't know anything until we actually get into training camp and they start ironing some of the, some of these things out. And I think the team doesn't even know how they would approach these situations until that point. So I'm not going to get into that on this episode. Maybe that's something we'll talk about. Um, if the Clippers do acquire Harden, we're a little bit closer to when some of these things some of these things will start to develop. But I do want to talk about the pros and cons of a potential Harden deal because a lot of people have asked me. It's one of the main reasons, actually, why I did this episode for my thoughts. Right? People have asked me, Joey, what do you think? Is this a smart thing to do? I, I feel like there's there's really people on on both sides uh, of the extremes when it comes to this argument. People who really want Harden think he's the answer and people who really don't want Harden and have been anti-Harden for years and think that he's you know, somebody who would completely derail uh, the Clippers' chances. You have people on both sides of this argument. Um, so I wanted to get on here and, and kind of break down my thoughts and, and where I land on that. I'm going to go pros, I'm going to go cons, and I'm going to give you guys my ultimate thoughts based upon those. The pros are obvious. You have a serious chance to make a talent upgrade. And anytime you can make a talent upgrade, especially in the form of a star player like James Harden, no, he is not who he once was in Houston and maybe not even really who he was at times in Brooklyn, but he is still, you could probably pencil him in for 20 and 10 next season. And any guy you could pencil in for 20 and 10, 
you can't tell me that that's not a talent upgrade when you're talking about the type of package that the Clippers would be sending out for him. So because of that, that is a major pro. I think you could really make the argument that the Clippers need it as well. Because even with the trio of Russ, Kawhi, and PG, you look at some of the rotation pieces around the edges as things sit currently right now, and it's hard to feel super confident about how the Clippers would fare in a playoff series versus Phoenix, Denver. We don't really know what's going on with the Lakers, but obviously they were in the Western Conference Finals, so you got to acknowledge them. You don't really know how the Clippers would look in that setting, even if they were fully healthy, because of obviously the regression that we saw from some of their role players last season. Guys who were very reliable in 2021, you know, somewhat reliable in 2022. And then last year when their roles actually got diminished and the Clippers kind of just needed them to fill some of the gaps, it wasn't always, you know, what, what we got from them. So I think because of that, being able to consolidate some of that into a player like James Harden is a major pro. I don't think you can argue against that being a roster upgrade. So that's really it when it comes to the pros. You don't have to go too far into it because it's quite simply a talent upgrade. Yes, maybe there's some fit concerns about you know him and Russ playing together. I don't really buy into that because we've seen it. We've seen those two guys be willing to play off of one another. Harden at this point in his career has has done better off the ball than he had at, at in years past, which is his a little bit more willingness to take catch and shoot threes. Still not doing it at a super high volume, but but you still see that willingness at times to do that. Um, I mean, even sometimes he was getting to his mid-range a little bit more in Philadelphia than he was in his prime. So I think some of those things from Harden that you've seen as his game has evolved make him a little more viable off the ball. And even Russ was very good off the ball during his time with the Clippers. I don't think that's the role that you want to put him in. I don't think that is optimizing his ability. But when it comes to playing next to Kawhi and PG or playing next to Harden, playing in a system where he might not have the ball in his hands at all times, instead of just putting him in the corner like the Lakers did, the Clippers utilized him really well off the ball, especially in that second matchup versus the Warriors when they were intentionally sagging off of him. They had Russ getting a full running start towards the basket, crashing the offensive glass. They had him cutting. They had him getting out in transition and, and attacking before the Warriors were able to set their defense. So I don't even think that that, is all that similar to what we've seen in the past when you're talking about off-the-ball Russ or off-the-ball Harden. I think that the Clippers have an opportunity here to get a little bit more creative with the way they utilize those two offensively. So um, getting a little bit of the cons, but I don't even really see that as one of the cons. I honestly see that as, as more of one of the pros because it gives the Clippers more offensive versatility. And what I'm kind of getting into with that point is it also gives them an opportunity to have serious talent offensively on the court at all times. Because we also saw this, especially when Kawhi and or PG were down, when Russ went to the bench, or even when Kawhi and PG were still healthy, one of those guys goes to the bench. The Clippers were not really out there with a whole lot of creation offensively. If you get James Harden, it would allow you to stagger him and Russ, even if you started them together and have one of the two on the court at all times, maybe even with Kawhi and or PG on the court at all times, if they're obviously healthy and available. That is a very 
positive thing, in my opinion, especially when you consider what the Clippers opened up last season with and their guard rotation and everything that we went through with that. So there is some real upside, in my opinion, to the possible fit of James Harden next to Russell Westbrook, next to Kawhi Leonard, next to Paul George. I think the pros seriously outweigh the cons just from a fit perspective. Now, when you start talking about the cons, the one that really kind of hits me before I even get to any of the the potential fit concerns, because as I've already broken down, I don't really have as big of an issue with those as some other people do. It's it's the contract situations of everybody involved in this Kawhi and PG era, especially if you bring in Harden. Because if you bring in Harden, you now have the possibility of Russ, Harden, Kawhi, and PG all being free agents next summer. Now, we don't know exactly what's going to happen with the contract situations of Kawhi and PG. Are they going to get extensions this year? We don't know that yet. PG is already contract extension eligible. Or actually, I think Kawhi is extension eligible now. PG's is going to be in September. I could be flipping that around, but I think that's how it is. So we don't know if, if those two guys are going to get extended. But if they don't, they have player options for next season, as does Russ. And, of course, Harden opted into his player option for this season. He'll be an unrestricted free agent next year. So you could potentially be entering next summer, which is the summer prior to when you're entering the Intuit Dome, with Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George all set to hit free agency. Now, that's a pretty wild scenario to be in because you really have to do one or two, one of two things. Either you extend one, two, three, or all four of those guys to long-term money and lean all the way into this era, entering the Intuit Dome, or you pivot into a retool slash rebuild with very limited assets. Now, I think that's a tough spot to be in because you can argue that neither one of those things are what the Clippers should be doing. Because if the Clippers trade for Harden and next season doesn't exactly work out, their first round exit, second round exit, and then you enter an offseason where you obviously don't want to lose your core guys for nothing, but you also don't necessarily see a future with this core, you're in a tough spot. Because like I said, you're either going to have to commit long-term money to these guys and then really handcuff yourself going forward when it comes to team building, when it comes to building for the future, or you're going to have to pivot to a retool slash rebuild entering your brand new arena. It's a tough situation to be in. Now, I want to make it clear that that is not a situation that is really hinging on whether or not they trade for James Harden. It just means that if they trade for James Harden, it's another piece to that puzzle that they will have to address next summer. But because of what I just mentioned, because the Clippers are already pretty much in that situation anyways, regardless of if they deal for Harden, I think you got to do it. I think you got to do it because if they trade for Harden, yes, that will be another player who is going to be a free agent next summer, another veteran, former superstar player who is still fringe all-star level guy that they will have to make a decision on entering the Intuit Dome. He's just one of three or four, depending on how you view the situations with Russ, Kawhi, PG. We don't know exactly what's going to happen with them, but you guys get what I'm saying. He's just another piece to that puzzle. So because you are entering that situation next summer anyways, specifically with Kawhi and PG, because they're making max money right now and want to be making max money long-term going forward, 
you kind of just got to lean all the way into this last year, in my opinion. I think you have to because you're not getting anything in a trade. I don't want to say anything, but you're not getting what you would hope for in a trade for Paul George at this stage. We know that to be the case already. There's been several reports that teams are unwilling or either very hesitant to extend him after trading for him. That was partially why there was no real traction on a Knicks deal because they did not want to offer him the extension that he would want. So because they have that situation already with PG, I would imagine Kawhi is in a similar boat, although it's really hard to say with him because he's better than PG, but he's also been even a little bit more injury prone than PG. So that's a hard situation to get a read on. So I kind of group those two guys in together when it comes to their contract situations and potential trade value and where the Clippers are going to be at organizationally with those two going forward. Because you have those two that are going to have to be either extended or you're going to have to move away from them, I don't think bringing in James Harden alters that to the point where it's not worth doing. I do think that's the biggest con, just throwing another one of those guys into the mix that you're going to have to either commit to long-term or let walk or try to get creative with. But I think that is a very small problem to have relative to the looming decisions they have to make with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And when you consider the potential upgrade that he would be on the court and the potential he would have to, to elevate you into the tier of title contender that you hope to be in, I truly think that it is a positive move for the Clippers to make. I think it is something that has way more upside than downside, especially on the court in, in terms of his fit next to those guys. He wants to be there, which is a positive, right? We've seen what it looks like when James Harden doesn't want to be somewhere, and we've seen what it looks like when he does want to be somewhere. So because of that, I think that that is a positive move for the Clippers. What is it going to look like? I have no idea. I think all of the reports right now have been pretty clear. That this is not something that's going to be resolved anytime soon. I understand why that is the case. Philadelphia is going to do all they can to try to extort as much as they can out of the Clippers. But as of right now, it's kind of a staring contest. It's a staring contest between Philadelphia's willingness to bring a disgruntled James Harden into training camp versus the Clippers' willingness or unwillingness to give up what Philadelphia is currently asking for. Now, I think for the Clippers, too, that does bring up another potential risk of letting this drag out, perhaps as long as some people think it may drag out. You want to get James Harden in before training camp. Because as we've talked about a lot already on this episode, there are some questions that need to be answered about the fit. There are some questions that need to be answered about how you're going to utilize him and how you're going to optimize his fit on this roster. So if you let this drag out all the way to training camp and God forbid into the preseason and into the regular season, I truly feel you're limiting the potential of what James Harden can do with this roster because you'll be throwing him into a group that, while yes, Russ has played with him, that was several years ago, it wasn't with two players like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, you're throwing him into a group that he hasn't played with. So because of that, I think the Clippers would love to have this done before then. Um, that's not sourced. I'm not suggesting that they are trying to get anything done before then, but I just think it makes sense for them to want to not let this drag into training camp and definitely not beyond that. Because I think you're starting to put a cap then at that point on what 
this group can do. Not to say they couldn't figure it out in the season. Of course they could. We've seen that happen. Big trade acquisitions, you know, get moved to teams at the trade deadline over halfway through the season and still come in and figure it out. So I'm not saying it's impossible, but I definitely think it would be great to have everybody in camp together, especially since Kawhi Leonard and Paul George haven't even gotten a training camp with Russ yet, right? Like he came in super late last season. So you want to get all those guys together, all those guys on the same page and really bought in as you enter a new season. If I were to predict whether or not it's going to happen, I would say it probably will. Uh, but again, there are some, some potential risks that the Clippers are running right now by allowing this to drag out as long as it uh, projects to drag out. I don't think those risks are going to be the difference between them acquiring Harden and not acquiring Harden, but I do think they were worth bringing up because I, I think Philly is kind of hoping for one of those situations to present itself, right? Either Harden wanting to go back, changing his mind, or another team coming in and saying, hey, you know what? You know, we weren't all that interested in the past, but looking at what the offers are right now, we can beat what, what the Clippers are offering. And, uh, you know, then Philly takes that deal. So um, that's kind of where we're at right now. That's my read on the entire situation, as well as my opinion on whether or not it should happen. Talked about the pros, talked about the cons, gave you guys my ultimate read, my ultimate opinion. I think the Clippers should do it. I think it gives them a, a serious talent upgrade that we have seen um, them be in need of certainly at times. And I want to address one last point as well, because I've seen people say James Harden is a cancer, you know, James Harden is a playoff choker. James Harden is this James Harden is that listen, however strong you may feel about James Harden and however strong your case is about, you know, him being less than maybe the perception is of him at this point in his career. We got to understand something. I've seen people say that he would ruin the two, one, three era. What has the 2-1-3 era been up until this point? We are now entering year five of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. They have one Western Conference Finals appearance, not even necessarily together because, of course, Kawhi got hurt in that Utah Jazz series. And in each season, Ty Lue has been the head coach. One or both of those guys have been sidelined due to injury when the Clippers were eliminated at the end of the season. Now, I'm not saying that to harp on those two guys or to harp on this era as a whole. That's been done enough by people outside of myself. I just want to make sure we're all clear on what we're talking about here. Because if this were a situation like we're talking about a dynasty and the Clippers have won, you know, three of the last four titles, and now they're talking about muddying the waters by bringing in a player like James Harden, then yes, okay, maybe we can push back against that a little bit and really analyze James Harden's flaws. We are talking about an era that up until this point, you cannot argue has been a disappointment. So to bet on a guy like James Harden to come in and be a talent upgrade for that group, I think that's something that is a positive, and I don't think that's something you can push back against all that much when you look at the results of the Kawhi and PG era. That's my ultimate opinion, and I think that's something that's being under-discussed. I have seen people mention it, and those people have the right idea because um, this is not a situation where I, I think the Clippers have an opportunity to get real picky and say, oh, no, you know, Harden's not exactly perfect. He's, you know, has his flaws as well. This team needs a talent upgrade, in my opinion. And I think when you have everybody on board, Russ on board, Kawhi on board, PG on board, the front office on board, Ty on board, like it is not easy to find a player who is a, an all-star talent player that also pleases everybody in the organization. 
And James Harden, from what I understand, fits that category, which is another reason why I think the Clippers should pull the trigger. And I think they ultimately will, but they're doing what needs to be done right now and, and, and letting this process play itself out so they don't get fleeced. And I think that's something we can all appreciate because we've seen trades in the past not exactly go the way that we would hope that they would go. So that's where we're at right now. I hope you guys enjoyed some of my insights, some of my analysis. Again, like I said, we're dropping episodes when it feels most relevant. Right now is definitely one of those times because we're talking about James Arden potentially coming to the LA Clippers. So I will definitely be back on here at some point. Maybe Harden will be a Clipper by then. Maybe he won't. But uh, you guys could definitely count on me being back again sometime soon. I appreciate you tuning in. And until next time, much love and go Clippers.